From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in a fun and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Devante. We're so glad you're here. Forget work-life balance. Do the thing you want and create systems to support that. Perfectly imbalanced in the direction you want to go is perfectly acceptable. This is a quote from Richie Norton. I think it kind of goes hand in hand when you think about work-life balance and tossing that idea out is, you know, making sure that you have boundaries along with that as well. I think boundaries become important. We were thinking about back in the pandemic when we were all working at home, living at home, being teachers, parents, everything else, there really wasn't a work-life balance. Right, definitely that. Yeah, and I think too on the flip side, um, we're all financial educators and we get to talk to youth about choosing careers and thinking about what they wanna do and making it more about what they like to do and not necessarily going for a career just to make a lot of money. So I think, you know, outside of the pandemic, if you are able to find that career and that work that doesn't feel like work, then you don't really have to think about a work-life balance. Absolutely. It's finding about where your passion lies. Yeah, and then it doesn't feel like work at that point. It's just you hanging out, having a good time, right? Doing what you love. And that for me, sometimes sometimes it creates less balance because I'm enjoying what I'm doing and then sometimes I have a hard time stopping because I get on a roll. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to be mindful and remember those other things that I am also needing to prioritize. So I think going in, having an idea of, of what those goals are that can help with prioritizing and keeping that balance. Before we jump too much into this conversation, I want to introduce that new voice you're hearing on our podcast in this episode. We have a very special guest who's going to be a new co-host for this episode joining us today, and her name is Jessica, and she is one of our financial educators at MSU Federal Credit Union. So a great colleague and friend of ours, and we're very excited to have her on the podcast today. Woo! Yeah, yes. Jess. Thank you all for having me. I'm excited to be here. So thank you again, Jess, for being here with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for having me here today. Um, so I grew up in the area, been at the credit union for about three years. A little bit about me. Um, I just got married last year during the pandemic. Talk about stress. Um, I do have uh, one son. Um, he is in eighth grade. And previously, before I got into the finance world, I was a hairstylist. So I was a little bit of where my passion lies. And you can find me on Sundays cooking and meal prepping and getting ready for the week. Yeah, it's a little bit about me. Yeah, so Lindsay, you just kind of started mentioning balance. So what is balance for all of you? What do you think balance is? 
I can kind of jump in. Um, when I think of the word balance, I, I think of a juggling act, right? I think about all of the hats that I wear on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, from waking up in the morning, getting my son ready for school, making sure everybody's lunches are put together to get out the door to get to work, and then I put that hat on, and then I'm here at work, and I think it's just making sure that I am present in the space that I'm at. So, you know, when I'm at work, I really try to focus on work. When I'm at home, I really try to um, focus on home. And for me, that helps kind of create that balance. When I think back 18 months ago when the pandemic started, I didn't have a balance at all. Like everything was just felt like it was mushed together. Whereas now I kind of developed some boundaries and was able to kind of go from there. And I can speak to that too, Jess, because you and I are both parents, right? So it's it was really difficult wearing that work hat, working full time, and then also raising our kids, educating our kids. And for me, it, it was hard. I felt super out of balance because I just joined our department. Everything was new to me. I, I had all of these pressures and these expectations put on myself to show up to work being my best self and putting in 110% effort. So for me, like looking back, I think balance for me speaks to how I use my time and is my time being spent in the areas that are important to me. So if I'm looking at my day and I'm realizing I spent 10 hours at work and was only able to spend a couple hours with my kids before I had to put them to bed, that's that's an alert to me like hey reevaluate do something different so yeah that that relationship between time and work-life balance or just balance in general is something that i use to help me for sure organization has been a huge one for me too Mm -hmm. um the more organized i can be whether it's at home or whether it's at work um i find myself being more successful so i think that plays a huge part in balance as well I I like what you both are saying, and I think for me, I'm still trying to learn how to know when I feel off balance because I'm a type of person that's always just go, go, go. And even when I'm supposed to be resting and relaxing, I I don't. I have a hard time doing that. So, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's, I don't know. I'm still trying to learn what feeling off balance looks like for me. I get forgetful. Like I get very forgetful if like I was supposed to pick up this or I was supposed to do that or I was supposed to add this to the grocery list or you know, that's that's when I'm like, okay, I need to reel this in, I need to figure this out, I need to kind of get rebalanced and refocused. Yeah, I would say for me, my definition of balance is probably when I feel like the the freest. I don't feel like that pressure all the time like sometimes if i'm off balance and let's say work is involved like i'll be constantly thinking about work or sunday nights turn into like anxiety ridden type Mm -hmm. of days so i just think that when it comes to balance it's just it's really about a feeling that i get like just a freeness like oh yeah these things are taken care of i'm paying attention to this i'm paying attention to this But also, if I'm honest, I don't think I'm ever in balance because I am a worrier by like nature. I worry about everything. 
and that oftentimes makes me feel out of sorts. Um, so I think with that, um, I have in some ways learned to be okay with imbalance, but I think it's just really changing my barometer of what balance is to me. I know that usually I don't feel that that air of like lightness. Like I'm very, very balanced and things like that. But I do have moments where I'm like, okay, things are fine. Things are going good. I don't feel super uneasy. So as we're talking about balance and some of those feelings that we have that make us feel off balanced, what do you think are some habits that were maybe passed down to you from your parents or people that you grew up with? And what things did you have to unlearn in order to maintain your version of balance? For me, I would say it has been the point of independence. Um, when I was growing up, my mom was very, very thorough in teaching me how important independence was. You know, like depend on anybody or anything like that. And I think that as a child, I was a very literal child. And I think that that's probably most children. So I took that as, well, you don't depend on anybody for anything, so you do not lean on anyone. And that starts to make you, that, that sinks over into all facets of life. Like I have a, had a problem with prioritizing as far as like, you know, I have all of these things that I need to get done for other people, and then I have these things I need to get done for myself. Well, I'm gonna get all these things done for other people and then I forget about self. Mm -hmm. So it's been unlearning that kind of that strict type of independence. There's nothing wrong with being independent, but realizing that there's six billion people on this earth and there's only one earth. So obviously we were all, we're all here together. So right. why not lean on each other when we need to? For sure. And I think for me, I have a similar experience with my mom being a single parent. So... I saw her many times over-functioning, and she's similar to you in that respect, Avante, where she's very much a giver. So if she can take it on, she will. So that was my, my example, and I knew I didn't want to necessarily sign up for anything and everything that came my way. But at the same time, I, I do as much as I can, and my mom didn't have people there to ask for help. So for me, that was my biggest learning curve, was learning that it's okay to ask for help and reach out to other people when I am feeling off balance, whether that be, you know, I'm feeling off balance mentally or emotionally, asking for help and talking to someone about that, or even utilizing our great fin ed team, you know, and saying, hey, I have a lot on my plate right now. Can someone help me out with this project that I'm working on? Things like that. So it's, for me, branched across multiple facets of my life. And that has been my biggest takeaway and things that I'm still constantly working on to this day. Absolutely. I, sitting here listening to you, I was like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense <laughs> to you and Devante. And I think for me, the biggest thing that I needed to unlearn was having to be so strong. So growing up, my parents, you know, raised us to be very strong individuals. And then I was a single mom for 10 years. So I played the roles of mom and dad, and I, I did and took care of everybody. And I had built up this 
thought that I had to be so strong. I had to be strong for myself. I had to be strong for everybody else. I had to be strong for my son. Um, almost to the point where like, it really took my husband a lot of time to help me kind of break those barriers and tear down those walls and accept help from other people. Like I would give the shirt off my back to somebody. I would bend over backwards to be there for them, but I wouldn't turn around and say like, I, I need help. And, it, and it's still something that I'm working on. Um, it's something that I actually ended up joining therapy last year during the pandemic because I realized like I just need some help dealing with how to work through some things or how to uh, figure some things out. And so for me, I think it was just that that strength piece, like learning that like it's okay to let the people that love you and care about you or whether that's friends, whether that's family, whether that's my husband, um, you know, to be there and support me. I like that a lot. I feel like there's a lot of growth that can happen with letting yourself be vulnerable. And that's the place where healing and where you can ultimately learn a lot more about who you really are instead of just trying to shove that down and push it down and putting on a facade of strength. Um, yeah. Which I mean, there's times where you have to kind of do that in certain situations, um, and but there's great places and great growth that can happen from that, that vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability is huge. Yeah, for me, so I am trying to think of um, like a habit that's passed down and I don't necessarily think a habit isn't coming to mind, but I'm thinking a lot about the community that I grew up in. Um, very small, conservative, religious. Um, and my mom was kind of an outlier in the fact that she worked full time and she earned more money than my dad did. And so I got to see that. Um, and I think the thing that I'm unlearning is that I have goals and my goals can just be about me. And it's okay for my life to just be about the goals that I want to have for myself professionally. And it's okay that I don't want to have the family that we see as a typical family in society. Like I can be completely happy having pets and having a partner and not needing to have children. Although Lindsay and Jess, you are amazing parents and I'm not trying to take that away from you at all. Um, but I think that's the thing that I'm kind of unlearning. Like I can be completely fulfilled in life with the goals that I have for myself personally and the goals that I have professionally as well. I think that's huge. Feeling so much freedom to not have to follow society's norm, mm -hmm. right? Or the view of what is society's norm. And that really kind of just made me think of a question. So I have a question for all of you, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so what changes occurred for you, you during the pandemic concerning balance and work? Everything. <laughs> 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 that's that's kind of like my response to it, because I do. I feel like most things changed um, as far as like being just primary location now it's home all the time and that separation of work and life was no more you know when I got off work I still was thinking about work if I had work 
And in the beginning, it was a worry because it's like with the, the nature of our jobs, we do a lot of things that don't necessarily bring dollars in in the general sense of like being at a financial institution, what people would normally think of. Mm -hmm. um, so it was this worry, like if I am not performing at this level, if I don't have these things coming and I don't have this idea of what I need to be doing, then maybe I could lose my job. So um, I think it was all just really just out of sorts. But positives is I got to spend more time at home with my boyfriend. Like that was important. I think that I we grew closer, I would say, spending more time at home with one another. So yeah, those were kind of my big things. Work it was balance wasn't didn't really exist and um, I am glad to have gotten to forge closer relationships with some people. For sure. I can definitely relate to that. Um, I think back to, you know, when we got sent home those first couple of days and just so much anxiety and worry kicked in because it's like we didn't know what the plan was going to be, what was going to happen, the kids, you know, everything, events were getting canceled left and right. And um, it, it created a lot of worry. You know, it created a lot of concern. You didn't, I mean, I was working from my dining room table. I mean, at that point in time, we still lived in our two bedroom apartment, which I thought was big at one point in time, felt super small by the end. You know, it'd be in the middle of working on a conference call and, you know, my son walks out and he's like, mom, I need help with my homework. And, you know, so it was a very different, different world. Um, I'll be the first to say, uh, kind of going through that, that was probably one of the most struggling years of my entire life, mentally, emotionally. Um, but on the flip side of that, the positive side, kind of what you shared, you know, we got married in August of last year, and I know the pandemic started in March. And, you know, we joked that if we can make it through 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, for all of those months leading up, like, we were, we were going to have a pretty solid marriage, you know, by that point in time. We were functioning as a family unit. It, it taught me how to slow down. Amanda, like you had mentioned earlier, you're go, go, go. I'm the same way. I go, go, go mm -hmm. from work, then it's off to, you know, sports. And I still do a little bit of hair here and there. And so, I mean, I, I keep a pretty active schedule too. And it really taught me to slow down. And so that was that was really nice and get to enjoy some time that we probably wouldn't have had if the pandemic hadn't come about. Yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of the same similar changes that you, Jess and Devante had talked about. Um, and I agree, definitely spending more time with your significant other, again, it was a positive for me. And I think for me, working from home wasn't a, a huge struggle, but I just felt lonely. Like I'm used to being around a lot of people all the time. So um, I had to make some changes and try and just video call my coworkers more often during the day. Um, but I think the one thing that I really liked a big change is the relationship that I have with cooking. And that was kind of my outlet at the end of the day to separate work from home is I would get off my phone, get off my computer and I'd start cooking. And I think like Kurt and I cooking together brought us closer and we just had a lot of fun, like learning all these different new meals. And so now we're still, I feel like the pandemic's changed a little bit for me. 
I, I think, Lindsay and Devante, you're still working more full-time remote than Jess and I. We've got more of a hybrid option. So I think, yeah, moving to the hybrid option has been really, really great for me. Get the best of both worlds, getting more time at home and then still being able to come into the office and have that close relationship with my coworkers. It truly made me miss that car ride home, listening to music and like unwinding from the day. Yes. You know, like being in the office and it's like you hop in the car, you drive home, you turn your jams on and you're like, yeah, and then you get home and it's like, I'm totally plugged into home now. You know what I mean? You can have that separation. Yeah, that, that drive home is a good segue because mine's a solid hour. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so for me, I was still, I had just transitioned. I was still working in the branch. Um, back then, I wasn't in everybody else, your all's department yet. So for me, yeah, that, that drive home was severely missed because it's that perfect segue for you to unwind and change your mindset and be ready to be in the moment. So however, for me, like in, in terms of balance, it really threw me off because Joe had lost his job. And then once he had found another job, he'd also been laid off. So we went through some pretty heavy roller coasters during that period of time. And it, it totally threw our balance completely off just in terms that we were constantly multitasking. We were constantly having to jump from one thing to the next. And then when I got hired into the new position, my, my balance was super off too. Again, just trying to show up for my new role and show up for you all, my coworkers, you know? So for me, that was tough to juggle, although I enjoy being busy, like how you and Amanda do and multitasking, that's, I, I just have fun doing it. I'm also very, I like to be super organized, almost to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have fun with it, but it, it was a strain to teach my kids from home and balance a new role for sure. But I also found from that, that I love my job because the more I learned my role, you know, I would, I would be on my computer for 10 hours and I would be like, wow, did I even like work today? And I realized I'm staying on because I really love my job. That is my passion. I'm doing mm -hmm. my passion. And I know that not everybody can say that for them themselves, obviously, but I just, it, it allowed me to realize that for me, work can even be kind of a release. I don't, I don't, there were some bad things that came, but also some really awesome things that resulted for sure. Okay, so we, you know, talked about kind of what life was like as far as our balance goes during the pandemic. And what I've heard is that at some point, all of us felt off balance. So with that, what happens when life just won't allow you to be balanced? So when things continue to add up, you know, what may happen, what may those feelings be, and how do you get out of the cycle of being overwhelmed? I can jump in on this one. Um, for me, and you all may laugh, and please do, but I make it a priority to build some type of self-care into a part of a day for myself, whether it's going to get a pedicure, getting my nails done, getting a massage, like that for me, that can help recenter me, rebalance me, kind of like bring me back or just even like a relaxing like bubble bath. 
you know, I, for me, like, that's what I kind of need just to like center, right? We are all guilty of getting caught up and just go, 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 busy, 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 busy. And I think it's really important that when we're feeling like you can feel that, right? You can feel it in your, your neck, if you're, or your shoulders, if you're tense or, you know, you're feeling exhausted, you just want to sleep or whatever. Cause you've been go, go, go. I think kind of listening to your body and figuring out, you know, what is that way you can sit and relax. And for me, it's, I can go get an hour long pedicure or go get my nails done or something, just something small. And I can totally feel like a brand new woman. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, for me, I feel like getting out of that cycle goes back to my personal basics. Like, am I using my organization tools? Um, there's this system called bullet journaling that I've actually been able to do for, I feel like it's six years now. I've kept this habit of using a bullet journal. It's kind of a mix between a planner and journaling. So when I'm in these cycles of being overwhelmed, I look for that. Okay, am I doing this every day? Am I writing this stuff down so it's out of my brain? It's written down somewhere. It's it's accounted for. And then I think also the basic needs that I have for my body. Am I drinking water? What have I been drinking? Have I been drinking iced coffee, energy drinks, pop? Get that water back in. And then same with the food that I'm, I'm eating. Am I eating out because I'm so busy? Um, like what are some better choices that I can make. Uh, and I feel like most of the time when I go back to those basics, they don't seem like anything super hard when you say it, but just remembering that and recognizing that, I feel like that's been successful for me to get out of those cycles of being overwhelmed. So what I do, and you all know, I call Devante, I call Jess, <laughs> I call Amanda. <laughs> when I am feeling overwhelmed, oh my goodness, yes, I love my coworkers. My coworkers are all my friends. Like, you all help center me, you know? You're like, oh, you're feeling rough? Like, here's an idea. Here's how to, how can I help you? Here's a resource. Like, have you thought of doing this? Jess, you've always been really great about, you know, have you taken some time for yourself? So I know that that's what you do because that's what you remind me to do. Like, Linz, you are busy with your kids. Like, set aside an hour and do something just for you. And Amanda and Devante, you all are always like, you know, let me know if I can help with something. Consider having a conversation, you know, with our management team who is incredibly supportive or, you know, try doing this. Here's some recipe ideas to get your kids to eat dinner so you are not fighting with them. You know, like Devante's laughing and he, that's, we just had that conversation. You know, it's true. So <laughs> it gets better with time. My for sure. 13 year old would not eat anything but pizza and chicken nuggets for the longest. Yeah. So. That's where I'm at. That's yeah, where I'm at. So for sure. So you all, you all keep me balanced. And I think that's what I do is I, I lean on those people again, like remembering, you know, I'm not alone in this, is I lean on those people who have those innovative ideas to help me get through some of those struggles and, and bring me back to center myself. Absolutely. I love all of, just all of your methods for how you, you know, bring yourself back to center or bring yourself back into balance. Um, for me, when I'm out of balance, I feel very stressed and I am not 
always a person that carries stress on my face or like you can't always physically see it. At least I don't always think so, right? So of course my, I think my face has a problem sometimes with displaying my feelings, but I try and hide it, but it always comes out in my face. Mm-hmm. Like as far as acne and things like that, like I get acne like I'm a 13 year old. Like right now I have bumps all over and it's like, well, what is going on? And then I think about it like, mm-hmm. well, you're stressed. So mm-hmm. that is why um, I try and make sure I check in on myself mentally. Um, I go to therapy and my therapist, he is, he's like the uncle I never had. So he's an older guy. And just when we sit down in our sessions, it's like talking to somebody I've known for years because he was my therapist when I was a teenager. So he knows a lot of those those things that continue to occur. And then I love cars. So I will watch a ton of car videos <laughs> and that literally can soothe my anxiety. So we've kind of talked about what balance looks like for us and what balance, how we feel off balanced. Um, do you all have any innovative products or methods that you use or things that really haven't worked at all to maintain your balance? There's a couple of different things I like to use. Um, while at work, uh, there is um, a product on our computers called OneNote. And for me, um, Amanda, you kind of introduced me to that. It's been a lifesaver. It allows me to create like my to-do lists. Um, Our positions here are project-based, so I get to have a new tab for all of my projects. Um, I had even showed Carlos my OneNote, and he was jealous because he can't get it on his computer. He's like, that's so cool. It's such a good way to stay organized. Um, But really, it kind of goes back to organization. and you guys are really gonna laugh, but at home I keep a big calendar up on the wall mm-hmm. and I color code things. You see it in the meetings. Um, to really kind of keep everybody's schedule, I try to put it in like one universal place. And I guess I think about those two products, and for me it's really just organization. When I think about setting up for the week, like I have everything written down on the calendar. I write out our meal plans. That's how I base my grocery lists. And for me, it's it's that planning and organizing piece. What about you guys? So I'm always using a list. I have a, a dry erase board on my refrigerator for my grocery lists or things that I need to get done. So I am all about list making um, and always relying on my Outlook calendar too. And the beautiful thing is like I can I can move things around. So if I don't get something done that day, just move it over to a different day and erase it from my planner. That way I'm on board. And like, I don't know, I still am old school, I guess, in that respect where I still use a planner just because if I'm out and about and I don't have my laptop with me, I still then know what I'm doing. And Jess, I feel you when you say, you know, that family calendar so no one else looks at it because my kids are too young and my <laughs> I mean but it helps my, you, right? Right. And my husband is not going to use it. He doesn't know what's going on. So but as long as I know what's going on, that is what is important. So I will throw things on there like about my personal life too and like just throw that onto my work calendar as well because I have to make sure that I am prioritizing my personal life as well. So that helps me to keep my personal life 
also as a priority as I'm comparing that to how much time I've spent in my work day. Another thing that we have is our projects list on yeah. one of our SharePoint pages. So I have actually used that where it has all of the projects that I'm working on. And I created a separate column for that. That way I can track where I left off with each of my projects and have that next thing I'm gonna do moving forward ready to go. So it, I always know where I left off and what I have to do for that week regarding each project so that I'm staying on task and constantly working toward those professional goals. So often on our team, I feel like I'm the lone wolf on the organization <laughs> part. Um, I am a aspiring organized person. Um, what I mean by that is that I'm not, but I would love to be. But I think sometimes our brains work in different ways. And I'm like, well, I want to be, but sometimes the way that I'm going about it, like, cause I see the different methods that you all may use. I'm like, well, let's do it that way, but it doesn't work. But I have these three things that I kind of use to hopefully work for me. It is one, when I am done with work, usually I will get in my car, drive around, whether it is driving up the street to go and look at the water because I am close to, sure, let's go with Lake St. Clair. Um, and then I come back home and it's the, literally in my mind, it is I've left work and now I am mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. um, my other thing is I like to write myself letters. So when I'm down in the dumps about something that I've done or something that I feel like I could have done better, I will write myself a letter like, dear self, today was not a good day. Why wasn't it a good day? Because of this, 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 that. But because it's to myself, I can be as honest as I need to be. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is getting up early to waste time. I need to be able to waste time. I know that sounds weird a little bit, but it's what I have to do sometimes. Like, if I'm getting up at six o'clock and I'm not starting work until 7.30, well, that's good because I have about a 30 to 45 minute buffer to kind of waste time. It's like, I'll walk around the house or I'll pick up stuff that wasn't picked up from the day before and things like that. But if I don't have that time, like when the pandemic first started and it was like, well, child, I'm gonna roll out of bed 15 minutes before I need to be to work. <laughs> I know the parents probably can identify with that, but it did. It, I did that, and um, but my day would feel off for like the first two hours. So I was like, okay, well, you need to get up and waste time, and that worked because it was. It's almost like that drive that you all talked about. Yeah. You know, whether it's listening to music, podcasts, whatever that is, it helped me out. So those were. Those are my three methods that I kind of use to help me out. I like that. I like, Devante, that you are okay and you recognize that the, some of the things that we do, because I know Jess and Lindsay, I do a lot of the same things that you were talking about. But I think it's awesome that you're, you recognize it doesn't work for your brain. And like Jessica and Lindsay, calendar, my Outlook calendar has everything on it, color-coded, makes sense to me. 
it's what I need to do. There are a few things that I tried during the pandemic that didn't work for me that I want to share. Um, one of them, I can't remember. You can probably Google. Um, it's like a timer method where you set a timer and you're supposed to work for through straight through it for a certain amount of time and then you take a break and then you put the timer back on and work. And I could not do it. I felt like I was constantly looking at this time ticking down and it felt like a test at school. Like I only have 15 minutes to try and get this task done and then it just it never got finished. Um, and then I've also heard of this idea of starting your day with an easy task. And for me, I am the type of person that I wake up, I get ready, and then I go to work and I start working. I don't like to have that time to waste like you, Devante. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like panicking, like, oh, I, I need to start working. And I feel like I'm the most productive right when I get to work. Um, so I actually do the opposite. I like to do my hardest task or the task that I think I'm going to try and procrastinate the most on is like the first thing that I'll do when I get settled in and start working. Um, so trying something easy wasn't so something that was successful for me. Um, and the other thing that I have learned about myself too, and which I really appreciate in our project-based roles is that I am realizing that some of the types of projects we do, I have to be in the right mood or the right mental space mm -hmm. to work on it. So just being able to recognize when I'm not in those space. And then like Lindsay, you're saying, just moving things around on that Outlook calendar really easily mm -hmm. is super helpful. Um, and I appreciate that we have that flexibility in our positions. For sure. Because some days it's just not your day to do that thing in particular that you had set up. You don't have the brain capacity <laughs> to yes. take yeah. on that project or that challenge. So, Or that focus. Yeah. You know, I, I think about that. You know, what came to mind when you said that was like our articles that we write. Like you almost have to be in the right mindset mm -hmm. and ready to go. And it's like, boom, you can have it done. So I think a lot of the time it's your perception of how you're using your time and you have to bring yourself back and think like, no, this is, this is still time well spent, even if it was for you doing nothing or having a Netflix marathon, you know, sometimes you need that space. No, but that's huge. That's something I've had to learn. Like it's okay to like sit down and have a Netflix marathon and just chill and be content with not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Again, I think it to, it screams balance to me, right? Like I think like I need to be, you know, some we get up at five, go to the gym, back at home, have breakfast, get ready to go to work, go to work, be spot on all day, come home, have dinner. Like, you know, it's all of those things. Like it's okay if you just want to sit on the couch and watch a movie or not do anything or, and that's something I had to learn to become okay with because yes. I was... I didn't realize that actually keeping myself busy all the time was a coping mechanism for my anxiety. Yep. Mm -hmm. Always planning, always having something going, always being on the go, that that was a way that I was coping with my anxiety. And I think that's where I found myself needing like more self-care times or finding myself like, okay, I need to rebalance, I need to rebalance. Now, knowing that about myself and learning that, I work on really trying to just like listen to my body when it's when I need a minute to like just chill or refocus or rebalance. Mm -hmm. 
So what motivates us to stay our course, like both with staying on task and having that balance or resets us to get back into balance? Um, what are your tips? What would you say to our listeners if they're trying, if they're struggling or trying to figure out new ways to keep balance in their lives? I would definitely say, um, you know, every hour, every moment is a new opportunity to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to take this back. I'm going to become, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what's wrong. What am I feeling? What am I doing? How can I get rebalanced? How can I get refocused? Um, I've been stuck in this a lot. You know, we, I told you all, I've shared with you guys all know, I meal prep on Sundays and that's how I set my tone for the week, right? So if I feel like I've prepped my breakfast and my lunches and have my meal plan and my groceries bought, like we're going to be successful this week. Carlos and I have both tried to, you know, work on losing weight and eating better and trying to get our son to eat better. And so for me, it's setting, setting the tone, you know, what do you want it? your day, your week, your month to look like, um, and just doing it really kind of what it boils down to is just start. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever gets finished if you don't start. And I think for me, that's the hugest thing. Um, you know, we've went through so many changes and, oh, I'm going to start working out this week or I'm going to do that. Just start it. It doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday or a Thursday or Maybe it doesn't work that you do your meal plan on a Wednesday and not a Sunday. You know, you just, you have to start. I think that's the biggest piece of advice is just get out there. We only have one life. You know, we have, we have to live it. We have to enjoy it. We have to find our balance. We have to just start. I like that, Jess. And I, I'm a person who takes it more from like a different approach and I, kind of like to reflect on my week or my day after it's already passed and think about how did I spend my time? Where did I spend my time? And I do a lot of just self-reflection to think, how am I feeling? Like Devante, you were saying, just kind of do those self-checks because otherwise your body will let you know. If your mind is not seeing it or not getting it, your body will let you know. And I've had that happen to me plenty of times with that anxiety and So when I start feeling stressed, that's often my cue to do that, but I try to make it more of a habit now to do that every single day and then at the end of my week to see how did I use my time? Did I use my time the way I wanted to? And if not, I need to reprioritize for that week ahead when I'm planning my week out, Jess, like you said, to make sure that how I'm using my time is in alignment with those priorities that I have. And I think that's a huge piece to it is just that self-reflection and that introspection to know where you're at and deciding if you are in balance or not. You're absolutely right, Lindsay, because I think about the crazy hectic weeks when I felt like I was just flying from one place to another. And when you take that minute to self-reflect, you're like, I didn't feel good. I didn't eat great. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel good. I didn't sleep good. I didn't drink enough water. You know, all of those things that I know are things that I want and and that I need. And so doing that little bit of self-reflection, you're absolutely right, kind of pours into, well, this is how I'm going to get myself in order for next week. You know, I have my to-do list for work. I have, you know, these projects that I'm going to focus on this week. I have these things I'm going to do at home. Um, So self-reflection is a huge part of that. I'm glad you brought that up. 
Yeah, and I think I want to add to that because while you were both talking about that reflection piece, I was kind of thinking of motivates. Well, I don't feel like I personally struggle often with finding motivation to get all the things on my to-do list done, but I think the reflection piece is something that I could work better on and using that reflection to tie it to my why. Well, why do I do these things? Why? What's that why that motivates me to do all the things that I do every single day and using that reflection as a tool to bring it back. Like, well, I'm doing a lot of the things for my job to give back to people or, and reflecting on, okay, what, how have I used my time to help others, either small in my really local group or in the bigger community as well too. Um, and not, forgetting that because it can be really easy to get swept up in the every single day routines and processes that we do. Yeah, I would say for me, my motivation, I think that I am a person that always tries to see how can I be of service to someone. Um, So I try and keep that in mind. Like, the reason that I work hard, the reason that I want to accomplish all these different things in life is because in a lot of ways, I don't think that I got a lot of things growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that I want to change kind of the course for my family unit. So I have to do these things so that I know that this is going to lead me up to where it is that I want to be. And then my motivation tip for, you know, maybe just somebody in general is to remember that the tools to be successful and to do the things that you want to do, they're all inside of you. Rather, it is knowing that you need to talk to someone else about these things or that, you know, there are some things that needs to be taken off of your plate, whatever that is, know that you have all of those capabilities inside of you. And that's a that's a big thing for me because I think that if we believe in ourselves and if we, what is it, the, uh, the law of attraction, if we truly believe that this can be ours and we keep thinking about it, then our mind gears us to go towards that because the brain is such a powerful, such a powerful muscle. Um, so yeah, those are, that's what my tip is. I love that. It reminds me of the little engine that could. Oh, and daily affirmations. Oh, yes. That's how I set the entire tone for my day. I am so guilty of looking up a quote every morning, and sometimes I post them on social media and sometimes I don't, but I always, like, that's kind of how I set my tone is, like, how am I feeling this morning? I kind of look at some affirmations, some quotes, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's, you know, we, we got this. Let's rock it out. Yeah, if you go through my notebook, you'll see little things wrote at the top of it sometimes. Like one of them is, Oprah is left-handed. Be like Oprah. And that's literally what the, <laughs> hey, what the motivation I'm is. I'm left-handed, <laughs> right? Same. Yeah. I too. Yeah. So, oh, hey, One of my favorite quotes is, uh, you know, grab your coffee, toss your hair in a bun, throw on some gangster rap, and get it done. I mean, and mm-hmm. 
I think about, you know, we kind of talked about like, how do you get motivated for things you don't want to do? And like, that's truly how I do it is do all of those steps, Mm -hmm. get it done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I want to thank all of you for having me on the podcast today. This has been so much fun. And if it's okay, I have a funny little quote to leave you all. Let's hear it. All right, so it is no one on their deathbed ever said, I wish I had spent more time in the office. And that's by Paul Sangus. I love it. So true. I mean, I love my job. I told you all that. I love it so much. But at the end of the day, I have other priorities too that I got to keep in balance for sure. Absolutely. I, you know, I think it's funny, but like you said, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, Lindsay, I think it's, we, I love our job. I love that we um, are able to go out in the community and make an impact the yeah. way that we do. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a little funny to share. Yep, your work life is merely just a facet of your entire existence. It's right. not the only portion of your existence. So I love that. And now it's time for our CU Spotlight. We thank you for being a loyal listener of Wallet Watch. Speaking of loyalty, we have an awesome program that we are confident our listeners will love. Local loyalty is all about benefiting our members while supporting local businesses. The program allows our members to take advantage of discounts simply by using their credit union debit or credit card at participating businesses. Discounts include BOGOs and percentages off certain products and services. To see all of the savings you could take advantage of, visit msufcu.org backslash special offers. If you are a business and would like to learn more about local loyalty and how you can take advantage of free advertising or simply would like to obtain additional information, please email localloyalty at msufcu.org. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Kahn, Devante Montgomery, and me, Lindsay Morgan. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial48.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.